If she gets through, I'll start. We've been together long enough now. She puts up with what I have to say sometime. Notice I finished that with saying sometime. Guys, we don't have much choice when the number outnumber us, when the ladies outnumber us the way they do. <laughs> we just have to say yes, ma'am, and go on. That's, that's what I tell, I don't know, I probably told y'all this before, but every newlywed couple, that every couple that comes to me to get married wants me to marry them. There's one thing I always tell the boy, the man, before we get through and go our separate ways before the wedding ceremony. Son, as soon as you learn to say, yes, ma'am, you'll be all right. But until you learn to say yes, ma'am, there's going to be trouble and dissension in your house. Learn to say yes, ma'am. You'll be okay. It works pretty good that way, too. You know, I, I haven't keeping a record on uh, the number of people that I've married and, and how many are divorced at this point. No, divorce is a is a prevalent thing in our society today. There is, doesn't seem to be any permanence to anything anymore. So we uh, invite you to turn this morning to First Corinthians chapter twelve. First Corinthians chapter twelve. We'll start by looking at verse twelve. Twelve, twelve. Pretty long passage today. About matters of the Spirit. Brothers, I do not want you to be unaware. <laughs> One place I like King James so much, I. I would not have you ignorant. <laughs> Isn't that what it said? A new bunch of southern boys. You know how when you were pagans, you were led to dumb idols, being led astray. Therefore, I am informing you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are many different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God is active in everyone and everything. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To one another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of languages. 
to another interpretation of languages, but one and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each one as he wills. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for the privilege that we have to assemble together as your people and to worship you. God, uh, you have drawn together your people around the world in different places, in churches, to do your work, to do your will, and to worship you. And God, we just uh, we thank you for that. We pray that uh, as we go through our lives together as your people, that we as a people in the church would show the world how much you love us and how much we love you and how much we love each other because we're all relatives through Jesus. God, lead us to understand the things that uh, we need to see and do in our lives that we might be beneficial servants of yours. And we'll just give you the honor and the glory for that. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us and being here with us. Pray your will be done in each of our lives today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we live in a... <laughs> In a very cliquish society, uh, doesn't uh, doesn't take much <laughs> to cause us to to gather up in little groups. Does it? Y'all been in Baptist churches long enough to know it doesn't take a clique form along to form. You know, we can have uh, <laughs> you can have a difference of opinion, and you don't have just two opinions. Most of the time, you have five or six. So, I mean, it it doesn't take long, especially in a large church to be involved in a different group, a different clique. Uh, we live in an unsafe world, uh, it seems, an unloving world. The uh, One group rejects the other group, and uh, people's reputations are besmirched, and we... Uh, live our lives that are ruined or that try to be ruined by backbiters and tattlers if your life has never been affected by some of those you're lucky there's no room for much love because most people love themselves too much <laughs> to have room to love others ideally according to what the Word says, according to what God says, I believe, everyone would fit in. And no one would be excluded from the group. Now, I worked with young people in church for a number of years, and I'm going to tell you, uh, you get around a bunch of young people and stay very long, you can see the cliques form quickly. And you can they're just like a bunch of chickens on a, on a chicken yard. 
it doesn't take them long to develop their enemies. And if you got a mean old rooster on the yard, he doesn't like anybody. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, people can be that way. We act uh, sometimes like animals. Uh, we would learn to be the people that we ought to be and uh, share the things that we ought to share and keep the confidences that we ought to keep, everything would be a lot better. Uh, if we would learn to love the way God loves us. Now, you know when he looks at us, he sees all of the, <laughs> the discoloration and the, the sin in our lives, and you know he loves us anyway. Folks, as a church, we ought to do the same thing with one another as our brothers and sisters in Christ. You're not going to do everything I approve of, and I'm not going to do everything you approve of, but that doesn't mean we just don't love each other. We are God's creation, created spiritually, especially in His image. And because of that, we ought to act like Him, and we ought to love each other. My vision, I guess, for the church might be that it'd be an open and safe place, a loving assembly where people are encouraged to discover who they are in Christ. If uh, we have church and we can't come and have the freedom to look into ourselves and look into the scripture to discover who we are, where are we going to do that? There's no place to go but to the Scripture and to the Lord, and, and uh, we can do that uh, in the church. Uh, we ought to have a, a loving assembly in the church. We ought to love each, each other, and uh, we ought to use the design of the Scripture to love the world and encourage the world to <laughs> come be part of us. Uh, that God's purposes might be fulfilled through the individual church. You know, we have a church uh, that was begun years ago when the, the Jewish peoples, I guess, started everything. And uh, it evolved uh, with, through Christ into the Christian church. And uh, this church at, uh, at Corinth that uh, we read scripture passage from uh, got into a bitter dispute. They must have been Baptists. They got into a bitter dispute over some issues that were not very becoming of people in a Christian church. And uh, this is... a. Uh, this is what I've read to you what Paul said. Listen, verse 13 says, Whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, cliques shouldn't be allowed in the church of the living God. <clears throat> let, me, let me find my reference. Verse 13 in chapter 12. For we are all baptized in one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, and we are we were all made to drink of one spirit. 
we are one, we've lost that concept, I think, today of being one in a church because of where we live in the United States of America. Because you an individual, you an individual, she's an individual, and I'm an individual, and I got my own opinion. And my opinion compared to your opinion is more important. If you don't believe that, I'll take you to some Baptist church church meetings that'll prove it. Now we don't we don't have too much in a small Baptist church to have any what I'd call heated discussions. But folks I've been in and around have pastors, friends of mine that are in different Baptist churches. I can I can take you to some pretty heated discussions at different times in different Baptist churches. And people get mad in the Baptist churches at each other about how they're going to spend their money. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing, I promise you. You can get away with living an adulterous life easier than you can by not giving the kind of money you ought to give to the Baptist church. Now that's terrible to say, but folks, that's the truth in a lot of cases. We just don't know how to get along. Jesus came to establish this church that we might be so unified and so beautiful to the world they would be drawn to us, attracted to us, and want to be a part of us and have what we have. Sometimes they don't find it. <laughs> we ought to be open to people and not form cliques. These verses here at the 15 through 21 say we ought to have a safe place to go and, and worship. Uh, all are independent and must trust each other to function properly. If we're going to have a church that is the right kind of church, the different members are going to comprise the different areas of service in the church. Not everybody has the same gift, but we all have gifts. You can do things that I can't do, and I can do things you can't do. And we need to realize that people need to be in a safe uh, environment and not in a place where they're exposed for doing things they ought not to do or things like that or, or attacked. They ought to have an atmosphere of mutual trust that should be developed over a period of time and stay there. Now, folks, I don't have to like what you do. You don't have to like what I do. If you don't, and it's that bad, let's talk to each other about it privately. Let me add that word to the end, privately. Whoever you have a problem with, you don't want to tell it to 13 other people in the church. You need to do what Jesus said do. You go to that person. If you have a problem with that person, you talk to that person. And I'm convinced from what he had to say, if you can't work it out then, let's go to an arbitrator, if you will. That's, we have deacons, a board of deacons in the Baptist church that we should be able to go to and talk to the deacons about settling matters of dispute between people. I'll be honest with you. I've never been a member of another denominational church but a Baptist church 
And I've seen some deacons that you didn't want to take a problem to. Because the deacons are divided up sides just real quick. And instead of having one or two divisions, they'll have half a dozen. Because everybody in the deacon body has got their own opinion about how things ought to do. And none of them have looked in the scripture to find out what God said we ought to do. This is a problem in most churches. I'm not saying just this church. This is a problem in most of our Christian churches today. We don't do things like God wants us to do. We handle problems in the wrong way inside the body that are unloving and unkind to other people. And if you don't think what the church does on the inside of those doors back there doesn't get outside of those doors on Monday, go out there on Monday somewhere and just listen. Because if you have a rough business meeting on Sunday night, you go out there by Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock, everybody in town knows it. Am I wrong? That's just the way it is. That's wrong. But that's the way we act. Instead of acting the way Jesus wants us to act and come together and love one another in kindness and discuss these things among ourselves, look, we ought not to put on the gloves and come in here with boxing gloves on and duke it out every week. Every business meeting, well, not to do that. I've been in some churches. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I had to get out in front of that big one and get up here with just this one. We have been members of churches, especially when I was working with the youth, that had a history of bringing their guns to church for business meetings. I'm talking about in Mississippi and Panola County and Coahoma County. I'm talking about people that had no brains at all, but they'd bring their long guns even, not just pistols. Patricia's shaming me, but she knows it's the truth. It happens. We are that shameful sometimes in our behavior as Christians. What kind of an example does that set for somebody else? Would you want to be a part of a group that did that over nothing but talking about how we're going to spend the next $100 for the youth? God doesn't want us to behave like a bunch of heathens. Jesus came and lived a perfect life sinlessly. And set an example of how we ought to relate to one another. And I never recall him being ill enough to want to kill somebody. Now whip them, that's a different story. I think he brought the cat of nine tails to church one time, didn't he? <laughs> Clean house. But he knew who was deserving and who wasn't. A privilege we don't have. We don't have that kind of insight. Our congregation ought to be a congregation, and I'm, I'm not putting, I'm not laying it out there that anybody is not this way, but what I'm saying is the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in general ought to be a group of people who love each other and make it well known to everybody that we love each other. 
And when somebody brings up a person in our congregation and starts bad-mouthing them, talking about how bad they act and this, that, and the other, we ought to defend them instead of jumping in there on, their, on somebody else's side. Because we don't ever know for sure what causes these problems. And the best thing we can do is, is to defend them and lift the problem up to the Lord, isn't it? We don't want to be agitators. We want to be peacemakers. That's what the Lord wants us to do. And what is the matter with the Christian church today that, know, that so many people don't want to get involved in it? You get crucified in a lot of places where you go join a church. People just absolutely will chew you up and spit you out because they don't like the way you act. We need to be open. We don't need to be cliquish. And we need to be a safe place where we can come and trust each other and trust the body to function the way it ought to and be assured that nobody's going to run us down when our backs turn. We don't want to be a part of a derogatory congregation. And uh, verses 23 through 26, uh, Paul said, uh, we ought to be accepting and supporting of one another. Isn't this love? Everyone would like to be a 10. <laughs> Y'all remember 10 is the big number now. If you're 10, you're perfect. Everybody would like to be a 10 at something. You know, be, be good at what you do. Well, it doesn't take anything but a little effort to be a 10 at loving each other in the church. We can do that because it depends on us. My being a 10 at loving you doesn't depend on you, it depends on me. It doesn't depend on how you act. Now, you can say, well, preacher, how you say that? Some people act like heathen. I've seen some people that had children that act like heathens, and some of them even got so bad they broke the law and had to go to jail, but mom and daddy didn't quit loving them. Well, I won't promise you, if we are Christians and we are children of God, God might disapprove of what we do, and he may not like it. He might punish us. We might have to suffer the, the results of what we do. But I'm going to tell you, he never quits loving us. He never stops. The Lord loves us, and he has a vision for his church to be full of people who felt that way about each other all the time. This is a, a place for us to come to where we can come together in unity, in oneness, and together, together, love Jesus. We were talking about a little bit in Sunday school there a while ago about how Jesus loves the church and loves the people. It doesn't make any difference what, what we do. It doesn't make any difference how bad we are or how ugly we are. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves us. Now, it's hard for us to love us who are mean to us and ugly to us, uh, but Jesus does. That's the way he is. And you know what? That's the way he told us to be. 
We're supposed to be like him. And we find that difficult to do sometimes. We may be many in number, but we're supposed to be one and unified when it comes to our love for each other. We ought to be an encouraging congregation. To be a properly functioning body, we ought to be an encouraging one. Everybody in the congregation is important to the Lord. Folks, I've been in different congregations and different churches around, and I've seen people who were, they didn't have the finest clothes, uh, they didn't drive the finest cars, and they weren't held in esteem the way some other people are. I can pick on Baptists because we are Baptists. You can go in different Baptist churches in different places. Uh, the bigger the town, the bigger the Baptist church. Have y'all noticed that? The bigger the town, that old big Baptist church is going to be prettier than all the rest of them except maybe the Catholic. We put on a dog when it comes to structures and and that kind of stuff. And the way, way we... We like to drive up the car. <laughs> I can remember Daddy not wanting to go to Oakhurst Baptist Church in Clarksdale because he didn't have anything but that old ragged Studebaker to go to church in. Now, that's something, isn't it? But I can remember him feeling that way. What we drive and what we wear ought not to have any interference in our lives of coming to the Lord and, and giving Him worship and praise. But it does. And unfortunately... It affects the people who are in the church as well. We don't want the reputation for having a bunch of raggedy old dirty people up in the church. Hey, that's the people Jesus went to. Was a bunch of dirty old raggedy people that didn't smell too good and didn't look too good. But boy, he tell them the truth and they get saved. That's what our purpose is and that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be encouraging people to become part of the body and we ought to learn how to graft them. That fascinated me as a child. I watched my uncle and my granddaddy graft trees. How they would split that tree and take a little piece about that big. Shave it off, put it in there, bind it up. I don't know what all they did to it. I can't remember. I was too little. But I want to tell you something, it didn't take very long for that grafted in piece to start budding of its own. Develop a life of its own. Why? Because it was grafted into that vine. The only way lost people are going to have a life, eternal life of their own is because they've been grafted into the vine of Jesus Christ. And the only way they're going to do that is somebody who cares about them and loves them takes the time to tell them how to get grafted into the vine. And they're not going to do it with us if we don't tell them. We need to encourage people to come here. doesn't matter whether they're the kind of people we like to look at or smell or anything else. We need to encourage people to come here to hear about Jesus. We don't come here for beauty contests or anything like that. We come here to hear about Jesus, learn about him, and be stronger witnesses for him out there in the world. Or to have lost people come and get saved. Church has got a, a great 
design. Look at verses 8 through 10 in uh, what we read there in chapter 12. Let's see if I can put my finger on it. There we go. To one is given the message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of languages, to another interpretation of languages. And he, we could probably go on and go on and go on, but what the, the point is, we're a diverse, we're a diverse group. God has put here who he wants here at West Acres Baptist Church to do what he wants done here at this time in this place with the people he has in his mind. Now, what our problem is, we don't often search the mind of Christ. We need to try to get in there and get him to tell us who he wants us to go to, who he wants us to see. Uh, every person has been created with a divine design. When uh, functioning properly in conjunction with the church body, all can be edified. And we need to be about that business. Building people up, not tearing people down. Colossians 3, 24 in part says, It is Christ whom you serve. Jesus called his disciples was, Follow me. All of those guys, he told them, Follow me. Come, follow me. His purposes found in the New Testament, of course, the great commandment and the great commission. He said uh, we need to love God, we need to love others, and we need to make disciples. We need to baptize them. We need to teach them all the things that we should teach them about him and about the church. We ought to have a vision for the church. That's the biggest problem with most Christian churches today is a lack of vision, the lack of vision. We uh, sometimes <laughs> have a tendency, self-included, making fun of uh, these visionary ministers uh, that uh, talk a big talk and, and all that sort of stuff about where the church is going to go and what the church is going to do and how it's going to do it and how they're going to be part of it and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they, uh, they claim to be a lot of things as individuals. Well, folks, we don't have to be that in your face with our beliefs. We can be true to God and faithful to Him just simply by praying for other people and praying for our own church and congregation to be the people that He wants us to be. Many times we're afraid to do that. Sometimes it's fearful to pray for God to do with you what He wants you, what he wants you to do. We just, we're scared. He might ask us to do something that would be uncomfortable for us, so we don't pray like that. 
Folks, we need to get out of that mode. We need to get in the mode that would that God would give us a little nudge every once in a while. Give us a little pat every once in a while. Sometimes we might need a thump on the head. We need to do what God wants us to do with our lives to bring honor to Him, to bring people to Jesus. Not for our glory, but for His. He is the one that started the church as we know it today. And Jesus was the one that came with a vision for the church and He taught it to the people. And Paul knew it as well as anybody and wrote about it as we see here in 1 Corinthians, what the church can be and should be. This is a, this is a hospital for sick folks. And the world is sick. And you and I, whether we want to admit it or we're anything from uh, attendants in the ambulance to doctors in a uh, ER, whatever, we need to bring people into contact with Jesus and his love in order to do what God wants us to do. I believe that, and I hope you do too. And I hope he'll make a difference in your life. Um, the first step is for you to find God's design for you. He's got a plan for every one of us. He's got a plan. Discover what that plan is. Ask for the strength to do it, and then do it, okay? Let's stand together. We'll be dismissed. Thank you all for being here tonight. Good to see you, huh, this morning. This, hey, this not having night services and not having midweek services and all that kind of stuff. It, 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 it,